All right, so there was fuckery afoot on the internet with fucking slander and fucking what's that? Well, again, Isaac says like marshmallow minions, right? <laughs> <It's> um, <gorgeous. laughs> Can you please introduce yourself, Isaac? Please introduce yourself. <laughs> yes, you guys have probably heard me and a couple of episodes on here most recently. Did you record yesterday? Is it yeah, just we recorded yesterday, but oh. for some reason it feels like we recorded that two weeks ago. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. We're going to get into some some really good topics. And um, yeah, I'm happy to be here with you guys. Victor. Victor. Hi. Um, I've been on here before as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You want to just get into it? Yeah, so you know, backstory. Um, I don't know if you can hear my laundry machine, but um I was in a settler white space and they were promoting the book Angles, Origin of Family. And if anybody read the book, it's racist as shit, right? And if you know anything about Angles and Marx, they cited a lot uh Lewis Henry Morgan. And if you see the the twin rabbit uh video, um it's really fucking good. Like I, I couldn't yeah. put it better, and uh, I mean, I might disagree with Turn Rabbit, but you know, it's fine, whatever, you know. Well, on, um, on some, yeah, on some things, uh, you know, I I disagree as well. I, I know he's a little, yeah, bit but that's not even the point. Less, yeah. less authoritarian than, than than my opinions, but um, I think that's an excellent video. He cited it well, um, you know, it, it's a hundred percent factual, so <laughs> I don't have any problems with things that aren't. Yeah, honest. so you know, during this. During these study groups of the white space study groups, I was saying like, "Hey, man, this book's fucked. We, we got to learn other stuff." I understand you want to read like original Marxist literature, but as like, and we're gonna get into it, and you know, but we're gonna talk about Lewis Henry Morgan first. But as Mark, as indigenous peoples reading Marxist literature, you know, obviously there's a fucking bias for uh, white fucking Western Europe settler bias in these literatures. And it's up to us to, you know, analyze it, see what's fucked up, and you know, uh, and so how we can fix Marxism. Because like we said before, Marxism is a science, and you know, to understand our material conditions and everybody's material conditions different, and it's, it's, it's colonized peoples like settler colonization is one of our contradictions, right? So. I guess we'll go first before we get into that the heavy shit because I think that's where we, we are really good at. <laughs> first, we're going to get into Lewis Henry Morgan. Victor, do you want to get into it? Yeah, sure. Um, so so Lewis Henry Morgan was um, I, I want to say an early anthropologist, kind of. I'm not sure if that science existed at that time, um, but he was uh, completely obsessed with specifically uh, my people, the Haudenosaunee or as he called them, the, the Iroquois, um, and uh, wrote about them endlessly, obviously through the lens of um, a European. And I'm not sure if this is the first appearance of, of this sort of um, noble savage archetype that kind of defined how people of European descent view Native Americans from that period on, or not, but I know that it was one of the first ones that really took off in 
you know, the sort of uh, academic and scientific community, you know, studies of culture and such. Um, it was heavily influential, um, perhaps both fortunately and unfortunately, to, to Karl Marx, um, who I think was a little bit more uh, innocent in his uh, use, you know, wasn't really aware of the uh, how incorrect the source material was. Um, and I and I think that that sort of again translates further into Engels, as you were just talking about, um, when Marx wrote about specifically again the Iroquois um, in his ethnographic notes, which were being compiled for Capitals Volume Two and Three. Um, he died before finishing those texts, and it was left up to Engels to finish those texts, and. I think this is the case where you can say that Engels definitely had a more, even if it wasn't blatant vitriolic racism, it's 100% European chauvinism um, because he went out of his way to kind of ignore the direction that Marx was clearly headed in. And that's well documented in another text called Marx at the Margins by Kevin B. Anderson. So, yeah, that's. That's that's the, the gist of, of, of Henry Louis Morgan is that he was essentially obsessed with Iroquois people. Like um, cosplaying obsessed. Yeah, like cosplaying, cosplaying like, like almost the original Pretendian. Indian. Um, his father, didn't his father own like a boarding school for like indigenous people like or named yeah. a school after, after um, the Seneca people, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, it's, it's, it it might have been the Seneca. It might have been the Seneca or the um, Cayuga, possibly, um, which are both Iroquois tribes. Um, but yeah, he he essentially created this fraternity where they would like live action role play what it would be like to be an Iroquois. They were black facing. Let's, let's be real, Vic. They it, were black. It, 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 <laughs> yeah, it was basically black facing. Um, I don't know if they were painting. Well, I would assume that they probably were painting their faces, actually. Maybe not entirely like like you would with blackface but um they would prance around uh perform completely made up ceremonies um you know and uh none of it was authentic in in any in any way it was essentially as as we stated it's basically fucking larp which is you know live action role play um and that's sort of the that's where the source material came from that marks studied and decided from from those from from Henry Lewis or uh, Lewis Henry Morgan's work that the European historical model is not universal, which is a correct assumption. Um, it just arrived from an uh, not accurate source of information. So well, that and like too, I think a lot of people um, don't bring this up. Uh, Lewis learned from one quote unquote Iroquois native. He didn't learn from many. He 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 found Eli Parker literally like in a fucking like saloon. So it it like that that in of it itself kind of shows you that there was a lack of for one um like urgency to want to actually learn like who we are, how we operate, you know, and how beneficial that is to 
you know, to life living and not, not being a fucking asshole. I think I said that in the last episode with Rick and 124 um, is, is he didn't, he didn't get accustomed to that. It was like when he found the one thing that he had wanted his whole life, which was to be in the presence of a native, uh, he, in, in essence, decided to just ask him and bar and I don't even I this is where it gets tricky for me too is like how do we even know that like this was a um like this is what Eli Parker was telling him like I don't understand like it, it's just weird like that whole story in essence for like for you know MLs white MLs in particular to not do their history and to understand these things um I find it to be very very funny because then they come at us like we're like we're wrong for bringing this stuff up but it's like um I think we have to when you guys you know try and portray yourselves to be like a vanguard you know to to regions that you're you're culturally you know not from so <laughs> I mean th there's actually a lot of people that don't don't know um that specifically Karl Marx was taking a lot of influence from indigenous American society and, and African societies. Um, and they just assume that communism is a European idea, not, not even just among uh, white people, among our own people, among, among black people. Um, there's this uh, assumption that, that this is a, that, that socialism or uh, socialistic thinking is a European ideal. And it's not, it's it's not singularly European. I think the people who maybe popularized it were European for a large period of time. But if you look at the modern age, the only successful socialist projects are led by non-European people. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. Um, I think that some of these things came they're they're naturally within our cultures. Um, which is why they tend to have more success uh, with with us than they do with people of European descent. Yeah, so I think, you know, so one of the questions I, I was asked is was like, if it's racist, should we just throw away the book? You know, and, or in the other one would be like, um, Angles, Angles Origins of the Family is the first feminist literature. You know, my, my answer to that is like feminism for who? White people, right? Because obviously we have like black and indigenous feminist uh, writers, you know, that critique white feminism, right? So, you know, it's it's to me, it, it's just, you know, like it's, like you say chauvinist was this big rooted in cellular narratives is racist, right? And, uh, but, you know, I think, what Engels and Marx did was analyze the world, you know, from their perspective and trying to understand indigenous communities, but through a really shitty source, right? And I, I said in the past that, you know, we have to, Native people, we have to analyze the, the, the world that we live in, which is capitalism, right? We have to learn Marxism because, you know, to analyze how the fuck to get out of capitalism. And on top of that, we have to do it in a way what, that it suits us. It's like finances. We have to stretch Marxism, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's, and it's I, I feel like, you know, we, we're having to, to do all three 
while settlers only doing two, two of them. It's like, it's like two steps and a three step, right? And and it's too much work for settlers because they that means I mean they have to learn black and indigenous decolonial theorists, right? And for them, they don't understand it because they don't live those material conditions. They don't live as colonized people. They don't live as like oppressed people. And so it, so when, you know, indigenous and black comrades call them out, they get kind of a, like aggressive or offended that they get called sellers or colonizers, right? And I think this is what's the problem in white leftist spaces or, you know, in white Marxism in, in general. And it is white Marxism. It's settler Marxism. There's no way around it, right? I mean, look at the phenomenon that just arose this last year, this last year, year and a half with Haas, Hinkle, Maupin, you know, Vodge, all, all of us, all three of us with bands, with plants, with all of us had to make episodes yeah. about, about, you know, talking and correcting the narratives that these settlers were, were were creating online. And here we are again, correcting the shitty fucking perspective of settlers when it comes to liberation politics, because they're speaking over us, they're speaking for us. And we're having to say, no, this is fucking racist, no. And they don't fucking listen. Some like Hinko doesn't listen, Haas doesn't listen, right? We talked about this a thousand times. Well, you know, I, I'd argue that those people that are, I mean, I think we both agree that they're pseudo Marxists. They're not real Marxists, anyways. Yep. Um, I was waiting for you to say that, Vic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that we all agree with that. Uh, but um, they don't care. They don't care about being called racist. They don't care about being called trans. They don't, none of that shit bothers them, which is why I don't usually use that language. I don't, because if somebody's uh, like being a virulent racist, they don't care about being called a racist. That doesn't bother them at all. Yeah. You know, they could they couldn't give two fucking shits about it and they don't. And, and, and I mean, they, they fail usually when they when they come after, you know, us, but uh, which is why they avoid us. But. Um, a lot of times they'll just turn that shit back on the person that's uh, and, they, and they have attempted that with me multiple times. They tried to paint me as anti-Asian. They tried to paint me as uh, uh, as anti-black at one point because one of the infrared community members that I was disagreeing with was apparently black, um, which I think that's the only, if, if that's who I'm thinking about, there is actually one member of the infrared community that's, uh, that is a black person, um, confirmably. Um, <clears throat> so it, it, that's, uh, that's how they do things. They, they will, what, what, and, and we're seeing this in real time now. Um, although this is slightly unrelated, um, the whole thing with, uh, Andrew Tate, um, who is uh, at least a partially of uh, of you know black heritage um, uh, against uh, what is her name Greta Thunberg or whatever? Um, they're claiming that because she's a white woman, that the reason that she basically just clapped back on him with one post on on Twitter and never said anything again, <laughs> that she did that because she's racist. And maybe she is racist, but I don't think that there's any justification to say that that's why she did that. She was being attacked by a man who's twice her age and is weird and rapey and has sex slaves and is currently in jail for those things and sex trafficking. So <laughs> to say that um, uh, that they that they're correct when they try to 
turn our terminology on, on us um, is obviously foolish. And uh, it's another reason, like I said before, that I have I've been using those terms less because they don't have an effect. When I, when I tell somebody who's already knowledgeable and, you know, already on our side of things, already, you know, firmly grounded in, you know, left wing theory and, and Marxism and all that thing. When I say that person over there is a racist, they go, oh, really? Like, wh what did they do? And then they talk about it and they go, oh, yeah, that that sounds like fucking racism. Right. If you say that to somebody who doesn't understand those things, they don't care. People do not care about things they don't understand. That, that's that's my issue. Is when you tell I've been mean, I talked about this in the you know, part one was that uh, being in white spaces, white leftist spaces, communist, anarchist, socialist spaces, and you I'll say something like that's racist, and they'll be like I don't see how that's racist, and I'm like it was not up to you to debate it, right? I'm that telling you, it's racist. Yeah. Go ahead, Isaac. You know, I was going to say that was kind of what was going on fucking last night. Like, it's like, oh, I'm a misogynist because I'm talking to you in a manner that makes you the white marshmallow minion, whatever you are, you know, fragile, you know, and that's caucasity. That's the caucasity that some of these people have. They hot, then, you know, audacity, caucasity for people who don't get it. <laughs> uh, you know, having the caucasity to come in and dictate what is right what is wrong it kind of sounds a lot you know like what has been going on you know this whole entire time under capitalism is that indigenous people can never speak for themselves or black people in general you know as a whole can't speak for themselves unless they have approval from a white man which is not a society that is that, that indigenous or black people are going to ever uh, feel equitable in uh, because that's a system that 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 literally literally basically basically has to basically says you know we're going to muzzle you um, because we don't think what you're saying is correct you know and you need to now uh, um, you need to now do some you know self reflecting and I think that's the problem too with white fucking spaces is that they get and this is dangerous too very very dangerous. Uh, when you tell an indigenous person, like I've been told, you know, that my my thoughts and my theory, you know, and understanding of theory isn't uh, isn't correct. And I need to then go read more of a white person um, or even then. So having someone who is white telling and I said this in one in episode 124 yesterday is. A white person telling me what I should do on my lands this is where I have a problem with people that, that are Marxists because they also, you know, we can give credit or we can give some slack to uh, to Marx for not making the voyage, you know, and whatnot. And I've said this plenty of times, like, you know, before, but Ingalls, your dad owned a fucking textile company. How the fuck did you not make it to America to, to make an, to, to make an analysis of your own? Because you were, in my opinion, you didn't give a shit about that you're you you were you were working and planning towards unionizing and proletariat you know making a proletariat of, of, of europeans it had no there, there was no let's unionize the world and then let's let's focus i i just don't see that with angles and i can get it i'll probably get shit for this after this is recorded but i don't give a fuck we have to start holding these fucking white people that are dead no longer here 
okay? And if they were here, they'd probably call me out the, out the side of my fucking neck, okay? Something, you know? So we also have to understand these things, you know? And they always want to go back to the white, the dead white fucking Marxists and not understand that there are people who literally were in the fucking 60s and the 80s that wrote, that wrote fucking books on decolonial Marxism, which is why we have people like you, Rick, that are here today upholding that. Why we have people like Vic here today, you know, pisses me off, really does, because these they, they, these individuals like to again they like to pretend to be the vanguard, and this is what we get. We get these instances where people believe that they're better than someone, that they know more, you know, and then when they get called the fuck out on it, you know, now now I'm now that you know, I'm a misogynist, now I'm racist, now I'm this. I how can I be fucking racist? I'm Afro-Indigenous, okay? And I'm a part of the LGBTQ community. What the fuck? Like how like you 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 pull shit so far out of your ass, these people that it, it it paints you just you're painting a picture of shit you know smearing shit everywhere you know it's like dumb and dumber you know fucking i i can't i, I can't i I'm, I'm sorry that i even went on that little tangent but oh, you're you, fine. Know, you know when people talk to us they always want us to learn more we need to learn more we need to do this we need to do that we are constantly learning to understand how to abolish the system that we didn't want in the first place so it's such a slap in the face for you to tell me I need to learn what a white man says because they had the truth and you don't. That's basically what you're saying without saying it. When you tell me to go and read a book, okay, that that basically outlines everything that I already know about my fucking struggle, okay? Yeah, that's the most important part is that we already know that shit and they assume that we don't because we either haven't read it or we don't reference it constantly because i think i think rick was planning to get to like book worship but <clears throat> you make a really interesting point and the point being is that they that that attitude that they have is paternalism they they have to like mommy and daddy us and and, and this goes to another thing that rick and 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 i've talked about often uh, on on the show that the sort of guardian and ward relationship between the state and the indigenous nation um is is replicated between the the european settler and uh black and indigenous people um they they just assume that uh it's their job to to, to protect us this sort of white saviorism except for they're not actually saving anything they're actually making it worse um and and they're they're sort of delusional that that they have the ability that that we don't that we can't take care of ourselves and therefore they have to do it or we can't come up with our own theory which is absolute fucking bullshit because all of the most advanced and most modern marxist theory like 90% of it is coming out of non-european people so <clears throat> uh it, it it's it's all it all sort of goes back to this their inability to escape european chauvinism and european supremacy whether they do it uh, actively or or passively i think is kind of it's mildly irrelevant obviously somebody who's aggressive uh, aggressively a supremacist um they're easy to identify and easy to exclude um i think that the passive supremacist is far more dangerous because they can infiltrate and they can create a space where it seems like um that, that 
you as an indigenous person or a black person or or gay person or any or anything, um, any sort of marginalized group uh, feels comfortable until you do something that they don't like. And it'll lead to a situation where, let's say, 20 something white people um, will either dogpile, uh, you know, a black person or not mention anything, not 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 get involved at all to defend the black person when the other white people are dogpiling them about an absolute bunch of made up fucking bullshit. Um, an argument that sort of uh, grew out of the fact that we simply pointed out that Engels is at minimum a European chauvinist and origin of the family is definitely not the first piece of feminist literature. Um, and it's absolutely laughable that you would say that to people that are indigenous to a continent that was a majority uh, matriarchal cultures. Absolute nonsense that you would say that. So anyways. Yeah, you know, I think I think here's the issue with, with this is that, um, like I said, it's like Western book worship. And I understand you want to study uh, Western settler fucking society and their development, and it's fine. But don't make it seem like that shit is like super advanced more than us, because again, that like is more advanced than Black society or you know African society or Indigenous society on this continent. Because like it's not, it's not. I think we were more more advanced, you know, society as our societies than than Western. Absolutely, one hundred percent. When you're speaking politically, when you're speaking like uh, in terms of uh, community interaction, we were leaps and bounds ahead of Europeans for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And yeah, I agree. And I think that's that's the issue. They see us as like not developed, like, oh, they're going to liberate us. They're going to, you know, be, like you said, our, our guardian. We're going to be the war. They're going to have a state. We can talk about decolonization, you know, fake ass settler revolution. But, you know, they were going to be their wars. They're going to be our guardians and they're going to be the vanguard. They, they fucking fantasize about being the vanguard. Like they look at they look at themselves in the mirror and you say, you're the fucking vanguard, man. I know you are. And it's just like, no, you're not. You're, you're just a settler. They're, they're you know, starting to come off like a bunch of fucking Trotskys, and it's like starting to be apparent. You know, they hate the guy that they hate the most. They're essentially becoming, you know, by stating, "Hey, I'm going to be your leader. I'm going to to uh, usher in, you know, this vanguard of white snow roaches, you know, <laughs> that are going to lead us, you know, to the victory. And then you're going to have to give us 25, if not 50 percent of the land for the proletariat, you know, like that's More the type of fucking behavior that they have. And it's annoying because like like yesterday I had to tell somebody there before we like you guys are mass org okay non-white non like white people in general are mass org you are not going to be a vanguard i am sorry you can vanguard your own fucking people if you want to okay you do that you know that's what's kind of needed right now because we have a lot of fucking white people that just decided you know what i'm just gonna wake up and become a bigot you know you do that but you're not going to be a vanguard for indigenous nations and territories that have had sovereignty like the Lakota nation, like Seneca, you know, Comanche, I, the list goes on, I can go on and on and on and on. These areas have had sovereignty, okay? So those areas are going to want to have the ability to say and dictate 
what goes on in their land. So before there is a proletarian dictatorship, there will always be an indigenous dictatorship. I'm sorry. And that comes with a vanguard that is fully indigenous. Okay. They have a problem with that. That scares the shit out of them. That's yeah, like it's very it. scary. It's it scares the fuck out of them. We mm-hmm. are in essence, they are our Hoover. Okay. They're scared shitless. So they're gonna do any and everything that they possibly fucking can to dismantle, you know, people uh, from the diaspora, indigenous people. They don't want us to have a voice because the minute that we start speaking for ourselves and acting for ourselves, they become useless. They now have to learn. They have to do the things that they don't want, that they 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 have been stopped, they have like literally put a halt to for 500 years, learning how to be civilized. They don't know how to be civilized, and that's what fucking hurts them the most, is that they have to learn. They got to go through 12 grades of fucking education to try and de- to try and de-fucking uh, 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 asshole themselves, I guess I can say, because I love using the word asshole, okay? They're assholes. They have to not learn how to not be an asshole, and that scares them, that we're at a position to where we get every day indigenous people go through some type of oppression gentrification exploitation and yet we still 10 toes in the trenches are standing up tall with each other doing things for each other helping each other out you know that scares them because white people don't know how to work in unison the only time they work in unison is when you hand them a fucking rifle and you tell them to go and shoot a bunch of fucking people then they work in unison that's that's their culture that's their culture fatricidal wars yeah i i have a i have a story and then i have a question for victor so when i was younger i was like my my late teens early 20s i had a white friend he wasn't a marxist and he told me he was like he was white he was like white people are racist like they can play anti-racist in front of your face but the moment they get in with only only whenever there are only around white people they, they their racism comes out because they're not afraid to show it and i was like what the fuck and i kind of i kind of understood it because you know around native not natives around uh, mexican communities there's a lot of like oh there's no natives here and there's like anti-native bigotry you know but so victor i mean have you experienced i know you're more white passing i'm not poking fun at you but have you ever experienced like like being around white people them thinking you're only white and then they just their bigotry just comes out even though they claim they're like anti-racist whatever so the the only time that i've ever experienced um uh racism sort of uh i'd say the only time that i experienced racism i guess in person um it has been fundamentally non-harmful but but offensive um uh online because obviously people frequently don't know what i look like they just assume that i'm as brown as the earth itself and i'm not um so i've experienced it more online and i tend to just ignore it because the people it's it's so clear they don't know what they're even talking about online um but in in person when when i tell people um you know about my culture and i tell them words i tell them how to greet you know um there has been a few occasions where like a white person thinks it's funny to like act as if I'm the 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 you know natives from the Peter Pan movie. 
like like they think that that's amusing to me and it's like it's it's really not first of all and second of all that's not even an accurate depiction of any tribe not even remotely you know you're you're mixing up you know plains indian housing with you know uh i don't you know muskegee war bonds you know all kinds of shit you know it's just a mishmash of of you know cherokee and lakota things just mashed together because that's what all white people think that uh that natives are they don't they don't know that some of us are not as brown as the earth so you know what i mean like especially uh, this far north like i'm i'm not super far north but i'm much more north than than either of you and there's there's you know i know natives that, that are more north than me in in canada that are as light as me or lighter so it's to to me white people are often too comfortable uh where they sit um so much so that because they assume that they can't be offended because you're not going to offend a white person with if you try to do a racist joke about white people they're probably going to laugh because it doesn't actually affect them at all. It doesn't threaten their power. Um, when you do a racist joke towards a group that's that's powers in question or that's constantly under attack, that's a different sociological effect. Um, so I, I think that white people are far too comfortable. Isaac, and, um, you ever had, oh, sorry. I, I was going to say um, more to what Isaac was saying before you asked me this question. Um, the, the interesting thing about all these people having very Trotsky-like behaviors, um, Trotsky is objectively the seems to be the ideological foundation for quote-unquote Marxism in the United States, whether admittedly or not, um, because of, I would assume, CIA propaganda. Uh, against socialist states in the East, um, which all tend to not be, not not take that direction. Um, I think that Trotskyism was objectively propped up by the FBI and the CIA, and these things can kind of be seen when you talk about, you know, as as we've talked about before, things like Lyndon LaRouche and all that stuff. Um, it's fairly certain to see where even parties that claim that they have no alliance to, to Trotsky's thought um, find themselves aligning with it anyways, and why so many Marxists in the United States sort of have this um, delusional power fantasy, which I think I've seen it in non-white people as well, but it's much more common in white people. And I think that's due to the hollow nature of white identity. Isaac, you got you your hand up. Yeah. Um, so I I talked before, you know, we recorded this and like, you know, a couple of days ago, like we were discussing on like what, you know, like what topics were going to be at hand. And, um, you know, one thing came up was like navigating um, you know, like white, like white spaces, but even in then, so like, uh, I think Vic put a poll out that, um, you know, have you, have you been targeted or have you in essence, you know, been in a situation 
where like white groups have tried to either like tokenize you um or in essence try and like um think that it's okay to like to be racist around you and so i have a story for you guys and i don't know if i've ever told this um to anybody i, I think i i think i've said this on my own podcast but um i went what would be considered uh like undercover um for my like to to understand the racism like in my city at that time the city i was living in and this was the uh the city of grand terrace and um i found out some shit man like these people genuinely openly have like get togethers where every white person that's racist in the town gets together and they go to a bar and they sit down and they legit just drink beer together and fucking eat shit and get on their phones and start talking a bunch of racist ass bullshit and, and fucking group chats and shit and start targeting black start uh and, um and so i wanted to understand who these people were and what types of job op occupations they have and i have every single one of their job op occupations as well um i got three of them fired by the way uh for for their actions um these people have like vic said they don't care that they're that they're racist this guy one of these guys lost his job and then ended up making a small business out of the job that he lost and like now is able like so it's shit like that you know, um, I was going to, I went to an event and at the, uh, the, the place was called the venue. And, um, I went to this place and I had a couple of my comrades there with me, my local comrades. And I wanted to, to have like an interaction with them. I wanted to see like, if they were for one, if they were going to do anything, um, and two, um, if they were going to be about what they said they were on the internet and they weren't. Um, and so, these people in essence you know like vic said they don't have like boundaries because boundaries to them is is meaningless you know anything goes and that's that's where you know a lot of these in my opinion where a lot of these white mls come in is like they have so much smoke for trying to find you know who in the diaspora is bad or is a bad image, but yet have no smoke to try and call their own people out. You know, like, like say the city of Grand Terrace, it has over 13,000 people that live in the city alone, of which maybe I would have to say a thousand or two to two, maybe a thousand to two are people of color. The rest are white people, you know? Um, all of which know each other, they're racist, you know, and the city of Grand Terrace has anarchists, they have, they have communists, active communists that live there, and they don't do anything for their community, because they don't care, you know, and so it just goes to show you, um, I, I was organizing with a white anarchist, um, and he decided now he's going to call himself a libertarian socialist, um, to try and evade from him being an anarchist, which is stupid. Um, I, I, I have, I, I just have a big problem. And I think again, and this, this guy too, you know, and speaking of Trotsky, you know, that is true. You know, when it, when, when we talk about, um, the bulk of, you know, 
individuals who are Marxist Leninists, you know, a lot of them, you know, idolize, you know, uh, Trotsky. Um, a lot of them, you know, in essence, take uh, the situation between Stalin and, and, and Trotsky and the death of, of Lenin um, to be, you know, like a turning, a, a negative turning point, you know, and, and I find that to be funny um, because these people, it's like, you don't, you've never taken the time to just not read any of those books that those guys have read and then go further and read some of the books that people read that were even around the time of Stalin. Um, you know, I just find it to be very, very hard um, to comprehend, like for these people to comprehend. I find that I find it very, very hard to for me to comprehend, I should say, um, that that they just don't want to do it. It's you know, or they they it just slips their mind. Like, you know, they don't want to do it because they don't want to learn. They don't care. You know, they'd rather play this narrative, you know, that we know it all. We're going to be the vanguard here, you know, and again, it's, it, it has, a, it has a lot to do with caucasity. It has a lot to do with caucasity. People thinking that, you know, Amazons and Starbucks and fucking grocery stores, you know, supermarkets and shit like that. You know, we're just going to have these big ass proletariats and where do the, where, what land does it sit on? Who owns that land? That's the question that you guys consistently jump over. You know, you're like the ball every time it hits a fucking word. Just this time when you hit, like when it's supposed to hit land back, it jumps over and it's like proletariat, you know, like indigenous vanguard. When indigenous vanguard comes up and proletariat, let's just, you know, let me just skip to the next, next couple words. You know, that's, that's their, that's their thought process, which is sick. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, you brought up you brought up some really good points. And one point is like that you know you don't want to baby them. And I think Victor, I remember Victor when you I spoke to you like a week or two back, and um, I was upset. I was driving, and you said something like, "Sometimes you have to like let go of their hand." Like we're talking about sellers, right? Because you know, as as indigenous or as black comrades, we try to like educate settler fucking settlers in general or it doesn't be marxist is settlers about things but sometimes like i feel like we feel like we're holding their hand like please look this way sometimes I, sometimes i feel like that on this podcast with people like look read this but i feel like sometimes when you let go of their hands Victor, you had you had an analogy like that like if you let go of their hand they're gonna go fucking the wrong way anyway so why, why even bother want to talk about that <clears throat> Yeah, I, I vaguely I vaguely remember having. Well, I mean, I remember having that conversation. I vaguely remember what I said. I, I was talking about um. Sometimes you have to uh, realize when your investment is never going to pay off, um, and and sort of cut them loose. I think is the term that I used, um. Because you can spend a lot of time investing in somebody, um. And and I, I want to be clear about what I mean by that. Um, I'm talking about uh, helping somebody understand and then develop their own opinions, not molding them in your image, um, which is something that uh, a lot of Europeans don't understand. Um, but uh, because, because they've been too busy shaping people into their own image. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're, too, they're too busy trying to clone themselves all the time. Um, but uh, 
I think the 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 interesting part comes that like when when is that point? When is that point where you say this investment of my time, my energy, you know, uh, money, whatever whatever it's costing you to assist this person, where it's you can identify that you're in, in an area of negative return on your investment. I know it sounds like a bunch of economic knowledge to you, um, but people are in fact a resource. <laughs> um, and especially under capitalism, they are a commodity. We are all commodities under capitalism. So <clears throat> my, I think what I was getting at is that there, there comes a point where you have to you have to just let them fall on their face um because especially like the the thing that we recently de dealt with here i don't i don't know how specific you're you're willing to be about it um but uh you know we're, we're talking about a, a podcast white podcaster that kind of, yeah white podcaster with a white woman harassing but go ahead yeah yeah um you know, this is a this is a podcast that we that we were both on, um, at at a time where they seemed to be covering people that we were also having difficulties with, specifically uh, Caleb Maupin and Haas and you know those those types, um, you know the the sort of people that were in that sort of uh, orbiting of of Lyndon Larouche, um, and I <laughs> I have to think back. And and consider, um, you know, why why were we asked to be there? Uh, because that's they didn't necessarily need us to cover those things, but they used us anyways. And this is an interesting phenomenon that some of you who are listening may disagree with, um, but that's that'll just be the thing of it. You'll just disagree. <laughs> Uh, there is a tendency for people who are irrelevant to cling to those who are relevant. And when we were dealing with the situation where we appeared on their show um, some time ago, and it must have been six months or more ago, I, I, I believe, um, they needed, because... <laughs> The thing that the patriotic socialists do the most uh, and the easiest way to defeat them is defeat their foundational concept, which is the legitimacy of the United States of America. And the best way to do that is to bring on indigenous people with an anti-colonial perspective. So you'll find that people who are not relevant and, and don't really have a relevance will cling to those who are relevant in order to um, use use us as a flotation device <laughs> to keep them above water. Um, and and the interesting thing about, uh, well, right now, currently, is that there's not a whole lot of internet controversy going on with people that you can access. Obviously, you have the, all the shit with, you know, Andrew Tate, the sex trafficker, and all this other shit. But they can't interview Andrew Tate. They can't bring him on and debate him, right? 
there's nothing, there's no, there's no content to farm. And at, and at this point, um, you, you have a, a white woman getting upset at a black man. Um, and you have a, you know, a group chat of, again, as we said, 20 something white people, um, with probably at least half of them jumping on this black man and then jumping on an indigenous man that defended him and then being confused as why a third indigenous person, uh, left the chat and then re-added them and were like, Oh, I must've accidentally deleted you. No, I left of my own accord. <laughs> I don't want to be involved in this anymore. You've show, everybody in this chat has shown their true colors. At the very least, you are not willing to defend people, and that's not acceptable for me. And at the worst, you engaged in it, and I want nothing to do with you at all. And never. <laughs> There's no coming back from that. And yeah, I, 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 I have no idea what happened to that fourth, because I, I believe there was four people in that chat that were not, not Anglo, and I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> throughout throughout this whole argument, uh, or or I I I, uh, I guess I'm assuming um, I don't know if they're a, you know male or female or, or non-binary or or what have you, but um, they haven't commented at all, and I find that also telling. You know, if these yeah. people weren't being racist, wouldn't this other non-white person say, "Well, I think you might be misunderstanding things a little bit," but that that person has not shown up to defend them. So um, even though they didn't get involved in the in the conflict at all, so I think for these people to claim that uh, there's no racial motivation to this at all is uh, laughable. Yeah, and so this is you know it goes to all my questions now. Like, have you ever experienced racism? You know, you know, like with only white people around. Do they? Because my friend said you know that when white people get together. They become more racist, and that was a, a fucking obviously a white podcast, white space. So obviously, you don't know their, their train of thoughts. You know, the, obviously, they they've openly said some racist shit, like saying I, that. I, I can I can tell you this because in in spaces where people do not know anything about my cultural origins, because I pass, will engage in racism around me, one hundred percent, and, and think think that. think that I think that I'm just cool with it. Oh, okay, I thought you were like meaning towards me. No. Um, no, okay, so so yeah, if you yes, if you want to know places I've been employed, social situations, other things like that, one hundred percent I have witnessed that, and have done so uh, pretty frequently at varying levels. Um, most of the time, they think they're they're being funny, and it's not. Uh, it, it's it comes from a place of sort of uh, a lack of knowledge, right? They think it's funny because. I don't know, but they think it's funny. I can't really answer why, but uh, um, it's usually not used to keep somebody else down. But there has been probably one or two occasions where there was definitely some sort of racially motivated um, targeting of somebody to keep them down, to uh, you know stick them with the shitty responsibility at work or something like that that nobody else wanted to do. Um, yeah, like the, that that shit happens. It's real. And and maybe people are out there like, I've never seen it. And I, I'd have to suggest that maybe you pay more attention. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, if they're saying these things, these racist things publicly, like I'm pretty sure it's worse privately. Right. Yes. Because yeah. 100 percent. 
Because if you're saying, you know, and I go down the, let me go down the list, decolonization, the decolonial theory is identity politics. That's racist. Calling a black man as a colonizer, that's racist. Saying that, oh, because we disagree with you, that's racist, mocking it, that's racist. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and it's just like, you know, down the list of fucking, oh, you called out my racism, you're a misogynist. That's, that's, you, you know, you can't take, Criticism about racism. Which that, that's 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 a classic line of somebody who's avoiding responsibility, and if that's not that's not a line that's just exclusive to white people. However, that it's very frequently comes out of white people. Um, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually chime in too on this because I mean they actually they actually came at me, but only came at me in a manner uh, that I, it, it. So this is the weird fucking part with these fucking marshmallow minions is that. They they legitimately like blocked me, but were slandering you guys and, and then unblocked me like, oh, like and then tried to just painting this manipulative ass fucking corroborated story that everybody on the fucking internet seen for their own eyes. So everybody was everybody was seeing your 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 cuckery, okay? Um, and, and it's, 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 it's just fucking annoying. Last night was annoying, um, to know that that entity, and again, this is the problem they have, they take up fucking space. They needed you guys for information. And when they had that information, it didn't align with their fucking objective, which is settler nationalism then they're going to kick you guys to the curb and they're going to start fucking telling people to start switching up on people and whatnot. That's, that's classic fucking, that's classic marshmallow minion snow roach behavior. I'm sorry. People of no color, people of chalk, you know, and you can try and say that I'm being racist towards white people, but I can't be racist towards white people. I'm sorry. That's not even remotely something that is possible to happen. Okay. I could, I'm not even being prejudiced. I'm calling them out. How many times? Has a, how many times? I was going to say racism requires a power structure to reinforce you, and you don't have. Yeah, that. I have no power. What is my power structure? The fact that I'm able to cuss you out and you block me, like that's my power. That's my power structure, I guess. That's what scares them. My mouth. In most, in most, most cases, white people are very fearful. Again, like I said, of individuals, particularly indigenous and black folk, talking. Uh, an advocacy of themselves without having a a snow roach visible or in 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 the presence of them uh, to to do it for them. Um, they they're mad. They're mad about that. They're mad that 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 we are doing the work. That we are the action, and they are just they're just talk. <laughs> so yeah. So I want I want to say this. Okay. Um, there is a history of white women lying or exaggerating on people of color, especially black, black men, to, you know, to save their own ass, to, you know, they use white, they use white fragility, they use white supremacy. And one example of this is like Emmett Till, right? We all know the story of Emmett Till. Emmett Till, you know, lived in Chicago and he, he went down to visit his cousin in the South and a white woman accused him of being, you know, too too flirty with him. Yeah, she happened, accused him of whistling at her. Yeah. So what happened? Yeah, he got killed. He was fucking tortured, 
right? And killed. And I learned this story. He was just a boy. He was just a boy. He was a teenage boy, yeah. And, you know, and later on in in life, that that white woman uh, admitted that she fucking lied about it. Now we have to go back. He's still alive. That old fucking roach is still alive. I wish someone would poison her ass. But here's the thing. We have so many other situations, like the Tulsa massacre of 1921, and it's the same story. It's white women claiming that a black man flirted with them, and what happened was that, you know, a bunch of uh, white dudes fucking just a massacre. But there's also, like, other stories about, like, white white dudes or the white people um, not liking the economic prosperity of that black community, so they had to make some shit up. But still, they they used... The excuse of a you know black man flirting with a white woman, but there's so many, so many, and I actually recorded um, an episode we had never aired, and I want to re re interview this person. Uh, is I recorded a, a black woman that she was a sexual uh, sexual assault victim's advocate. She was you know uh, trained certified. She worked in that field about you know to help sexual assault um, survivors to go through the process. And she, as a black woman, I asked her, I was like, how, do you, have you ever experienced like white women um, lying on black men about, you know, sexual assault? And she said, yes, it happens all the time. Right. And I witnessed it myself when I lived in San Antonio, uh, you know, like white anarchists accusing a black man of shit. And I saw I saw the DMs of the white people and they, they admitted they're just making shit up. And this is how I actually got in contact with my first co-host, Lou V, Lindsay, was that we, 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 we both had to, that's how we met, dealing with that bullshit in the community. And, and then I was like, why am I even fucking with white anarchists? Why, why am I not instead working with this Black Lives Matter organization? So it wasn't Black Lives Matter, but it's like, you know, it's an organization that, you know, um, works with Black issues in San Antonio. And we had study groups about that issue, about white women lying, you know, and I think we read Bell Hooks and we, you know, we had other, you know, study groups about indigenous sovereignty, about Black liberation, you know, blah, 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 and about, you know, sexual advocacy, you know, and consent, all that stuff. So, you know, but that's, this is like true shit. This is, I've seen this shit, you know, I've, I've seen this shit way too many times with white women so like i i just feel like you know a white woman calling um you know plants Fanon, which is a comrade of ours his name's plants Fanon on social media is that calling him a colonizer calling people misogynist hiding behind you know it's always weird because a white woman calling plants Fanon a black person a white woman calling a black person a colonizer because he's fucking living on stolen land and turning around and saying the colonial theory is identity politics. Like, which one is it? You know, which one is it? What's going on here, man? And I think it's really shitty that, you know, like let's, like I said, let's go back. Like if they're saying, if they're doing these things publicly, I can only imagine what the fuck they're doing this shit privately. What, what the fuck do they really think about us privately? And let's be honest. You know, and I think about this all the time. You know, and it's scary to me. It's scary to me. I think there was a story of like, I don't know if you ever heard that there was like a, a adults, these adults, there was a slumber party and there was all white women and one black woman and the black woman ended up being murdered. And it was some shady shit. I mean, you can, people can Google this shit. And, and, and it, there was just like, fucking smells like a cover up and the racism and shit. 
and you know they they claim that the black woman got too drunk and blah 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 and you know it, 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 i think but is something like the story that, like it, like the woman fell off a balcony or something but it, they they thought that she might have been thrown off yeah some shit like that yeah right yeah so but, but yeah it's like all her friends her quote-unquote friends that you know she had that were white I, i'm that's just scary to me man when i when i hang around in white spaces i i and i'm the only person of color like i'm very fucking cautious about what the fuck i say i i know like i at the fucking my life could be in danger man especially with white men right especially with what white women accusing shit and i'm very cautious with that shit um and it's it's scary to me and, and i think for for people to just be okay with a, a white woman calling a black guy a colonizer not knowing the the, the relationship she has to seller colonization in a seller in a seller state you know that's problematic you know i don't care if you're, if you're fucking irish scottish fucking wales fucking french or italian whatever the fuck if you read gerald horn right <laughs> thank, thank you pasfanon you can see that there is there was a pan-european it, it got created to to really colonize the world right so you know eventually yeah the, the irish and the, and the scottish were were you know oppressed from british with white on white violence but when they came to the other countries these scottish these these fucking irish they became colonizers they 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 enjoyed in the spoils of settler colonization there's no doubt about that you that, know that's what i that's what i had said last night in that little debacle that we were in with these individuals is like you know i'm my family were irish settlers there you go there you go they were settlers there you got it you got it. that's the first thing you said all all day it was correct oh you my know? god that was so funny like trying you know, to and I, I put and i put that in irish the, indentured servants yeah it's like you okay so you were enslaved but I guarantee you right now a black man or an indigenous person goes to Ireland and they will face some type of profiling, some type of racism, you know, but even then, so I went further to even justify it through facts because it's very factual that Irish people were considered people before black people were before yeah. indigenous people were. So you get the fuck out of here with this whole, you know, I'm, I'm my people came here for looking for a better life to what system, the capitalist system. But you call yourselves a fucking Marx and you want to sit here and try and talk to me and try and tell me that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But yet the only good thing you've said all day is that your parent, your ancestors were fucking settlers and you're getting you have a problem with me calling your marshmallow minion ass out about it, you know? So. Well, and, and I have a little bit of insight into that. Now, obviously, um, the, the, the myth of Irish slaves is obviously a myth. Uh, indentured servitude is something that you sign up for. That doesn't mean that it's morally correct or that those people were treated well. It, but it does mean that it was their choice, um, which is completely different than the transatlantic slave trade. Uh, and beyond that, I can tell you because I have comrades in Ireland that there are problems with people being racially profiled in Ireland by Irish people. Um, and the person is, in fact, indigenous to Ireland and is a white person and, and tells me about this stuff that his group constantly fights against. Episode, um, I think worried about four. worried about uh, immigrants and stuff, raping all the all the white women, like like the exact same shit that they that they do that they do here. So 
anywhere that, that whiteness touches, if people are are somehow become aware of the fact that they fit into whiteness, the behavior starts. Because there are people who see themselves as Irish, and there's people that see themselves as white in Ireland. And it's the same thing here. There are people that see themselves as European settlers, and there's people that see themselves as white Americans. I'd love for everybody to go and check out um, episode three on my podcast, if you can, the Indigenous Nightmare podcast. I had talked about the racism in Ireland with someone who was actually directly affected from it from the diaspora as a comrade of mine by the name of Alison McDonald. Um, and she was targeted by a, a company um, in Ireland. So I, I definitely encourage you guys to um, to watch that. And we also talk about you know, how the origins of racism did not come from America, they came from Europe. Um, so I do highly advocate for, I mean, even, uh, you know, you, you you know, Rick and Vic here, um, if you guys want to go and check that out, if you haven't already, it's a very good um, episode, um, basically on what we just talked about right now is that, you know, Ireland is, is, is no exception to racism, they are highly racist. So, <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, and to move a little further, we're now getting into theory, right? I think um, when it comes to decolonization, as we talked before with Isaac, Victor, everybody, right, is that we we know that th there's not going to be a Communist Party vanguard. It's the vanguard, in my opinion, correct me, you can maybe have a different opinion, or the indigenous nations, right, on this continent, because we have such... We, we have sovereignty, you know, we are sovereign nations. So to say, like, again, that we already gonna... have functional and com and competing dual and contending power. Yeah, we talked we about have, we have governments already. Yeah. So we have programs, we run, we run infrastructure, we run economies, we run, you know, like uh, elections and governments and and fucking court systems and, and, and fucking we have our own sovereign police, you know, blah, blah, blah. We, we, and we, we do that with thousands or one millionths of the budget that they do it with. Yeah. So and, and then so now we have to understand that the vanguard, to me, in my opinion, is going to be from these. Uh, sovereign nations. So, in my point of view, you know, settlers think that there's going to be a Communist Party vanguard, and somehow it's going to be like a guardian of war relationship where the Communist Party consists of like all these settlers, and then we're going to be like, oh, with our hands up, like, oh, liberators, help us. And they're going to be like, okay, we, well, you get a little bit of land here, and you get a little bit of this, but we're going to be the ones controlling the, the means of productions. But the anti-colonization, in my point of view, the people that should be controlling the means of productions are the sovereign nations, not settler fucking Marxist party. And it's going to be really hard for Marxists to understand this because they're thinking, well, shouldn't the fucking proletariat control the means of productions? Yes, but... In, in this situation, when you give settlers the, the control of means of productions on a continent that they're colonizing, then it's going to be further colonization with just Marxist aesthetics. Plain and simple. I, I, I don't understand how these people think they're going to control the means of production, they're going to control, control the government, and we're going to sit there and just fucking let them run the show. Fuck that shit. We're going to, we're going to run the show. And if they don't fucking like it, they can fucking leave. I'm they, sorry. They yeah, no, I agree with you. They've had 500 years to make good on their on, on treaties, right? And they think that we're going to sign new ones with them. No, right. right. And and this is the this is one thing too that I got a lot of shit for, you know. But it's very truthful. Pretty sure if you call like 
any tribe or any nation right now that's in that, that's currently you know in in the U.S. occupation, and you ask them, "Hey, you want an Amazon? Want to build an Amazon?" You know, they're gonna be like, "Fuck no! What the fuck? Like, what? Like, what the fuck is that gonna do for our people? We we need running water. We need food. We need housing. We got people out on the street. You know, people need to start understanding this. Is that when Indigenous people get the ability to to dictate what happens on their land a lot of this stuff is going to get thrown away set on fire and we're never going to fucking speak it speak of, of it again like Voldemort okay and they have a hard time with that we cannot you cannot tell an indigenous person that wanting to create community gardens and 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 in essence utilizing a uh, the the creating systems of, of self-sufficiency you can't tell an indigenous person who's saying that that they're wrong and we need to worry about supply chains and no the supply chains is what fucked our fucking system that that's that's the bread and butter of this system them polluting our waters by shipping shit off polluting our airways by fucking flying their planes and stuff making asphalt you know for roads digging and excavating and mining fucking mountains so that they could have their fucking their phones to get their two-day shipping and shit none of this is going to be a part of what indigenous people want in their lifestyle and they have a problem with that we have a say and i'm getting emotional right now and i probably shouldn't but this is how it gets it it really bothers me because we we it takes so much energy out of us to tell you guys to just shut the fuck up and sit down, listen, okay? Do I like to treat you like a child? I don't want to, but that's how you act. You act like a child, like you don't know nothing, and you don't because look at look at what we're what, look what we're in. I don't want to live in a fucking apartment. I want to live on my homelands. I want to be able to grow food. I want to be able to go and walk the bay without having to worry about some white woman telling me that I'm polluting the earth and you're doing this without knowing that she's a fucking settler. That's the problem with these fucking MLs. They don't know the theory that they say they even fucking know. The theory that you're applying to, again, this is something that they have a problem with. Our leaders, our heroes, they're dead. They're no longer. Che, dead cut his fucking hands off and buried him in an unmarked fucking grave that wasn't found until 90 fucking seven, I believe, okay? You have Fidel, no longer, okay? Walter Rodney, no longer. Fanon, no longer. Malcolm X, no longer. MLK, no longer. James Baldwin, no longer. Nina Simone, no longer, okay? Thomas Sankara, Steve Biko, W.E.B. Du Bois, who we have now is what, Gerald Horn? And that people want to attack him. I just seen that right now on my fucking phone. Yeah, I people saw that to too as well. Gerald Horn and Gerald Horn has dedicated his fucking life to making sure that people like me know their history and that they're not being taught through white man's, uh, white man's perception of what needs to be taught. So these people got their fucking nerves. You want to tell me to pick up a book? I'm going to tell these white people that are probably going to be listening to this shit right now. Pick up a book. I'm going to give you one, okay? How Europe Underdeveloped Africa. Another one, Grounding with My Brothers, okay? Dawning of an Apocalypse. 
the counter-revolution of 1776, the counter-revolution of 18, I think 1876 or something. There's another one, a second part to that. Read these books and you will understand why I, I am fucking frustrated with Marxist-Leninist white people in general, in particular, because they don't get it. You sit back and you fucking, you, you want people to care. You got, some of these motherfuckers got 60,000 fucking followers on fucking Twitter and, and aren't doing a damn thing but complaining on the internet. I don't get, like, it's, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I could give a fuck about the Communist Party of the United States. I can give a, a fuck about the Communist Party of fucking Canada. And I'm going to be fucking frank. A lot of these people who were telling indigenous people, black people, from the diaspora to go and join these organizations are now telling them to leave these organizations. What the fuck is that? That just goes to show you, you settlers do not know how to organize. You don't even know the first, you, you, don't even, you couldn't even spell it if I fucking slapped you with it. That's how fucking ignorant you guys are. You know, but I'm supposed to learn. I'm supposed to calm myself, you know? so that I could pee, uh, fit your fucking narrative. I'm no longer fitting people's narratives. The only narrative I'm fitting is my people's, okay? The Kosinor, Rumson, Ohlone people, okay? And I'm helping every other fucking tribe that's out there, okay? What they need, what sovereignty, what sovereignty looks like for them, okay? That's the problem with this with society. Sorry I went on a tangent, but these motherfuckers need to hear the truth. I'm tired of this shit. Oh, dude, that shit was hard, so hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even you don't even know yeah I, I agree with you I, I saw like left quote-unquote leftist attacking Gerald Horn and I was like well, fucking out get the fuck out of here like who are you like it's so wild to me that like leftists will attack a black historian and I was just like this dude and I started listening with to the, the most unhinged shit so, yeah I don't know I don't know if you saw the same thing but like I don't know maybe might have been like within the past two weeks I saw somebody claiming that like Gerald Horn was an agent of the British Crown. Oh my God! I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? We talk about we talk about Fed Jackie on the first part of this. This is part two of part of parts. I'm gonna call these episodes "Fuck Online Beef, Learn Something," right? But I think I think Fed Jacking is fucking stupid, and I think I I was called a Fed. Somebody told me, or somebody spread the rumor that I was a Mexican federale working with the Canadian government. <laughs> to undermine, I, I fucking promise you. I was just like, what the? I have a screenshot somewhere to undermine unrecognized tribes in the U.S. And I was just like, what the fuck? Mental gymnastics exists, right? So uh, <laughs> it's so wild to me that people make these these things up, these stories up about me, and it's like, you know, it's so wild. You know, something I I can only imagine when I die, you know, like the fucking, the fucking, somebody's going to write a biography about me. It's going to be saying some fucking weird ass fucking nonsense about me, about me doing this and that or being this and my family fucking history. It's like, you know, like I, I, it's so fucking stupid. But the point is, you know, the reason we're talking about this is because we're in the brink of the, I think like, like, um, you know, not, not to knock on some of these, um, uh, historians or decolonial scholars like you know indigenous scholars or black scholars but I think for me there's a little bit uh it's some some of it falls short right and when it comes to um what because one the one thing the sellers do ask and it's a very legitimate question and I give them credit for this is what does decolonial governments look like and I was like what, what the fuck like 
And I, and when and I asked this question, I asked this question when I started this podcast to all my guests when I talk about decolonization slightly, and I, I've got some good answers and some, but it always fell sharp because nobody imagined, right, what the colonial structure would look like. And then, but you have, we have to understand that, you know, um, um, we, we have a situation where like, like, just like I said, we're gonna the colonial governments, the sovereign nations controlling the means of production and, and making laws, and it's it's very it's very complex, right? It's legally, legally, it's very complex, and so settler Marxists, settler leftists, they imagine a world where they have the power, and it's like it's almost like they have to like swallow a pill. It's like that meme hard pills to swallow, you're not going to be in power after decolonization, right? And it's just like, they're not going to be in positions of power. And they have to accept that. So now they're like debating, they're having inner conflict, if this is even worth it, since they're not going to be in power, right? And I feel like I see, I see it in their eyes when when I when I speak to them about decolonization. And it kind of like, it brings out, just like we talked earlier, inner racism. Like decolonization is identity politics. That's unrealistic, and we get people like Hotz, Moppin, Hinkle, trying to find mental gymnastics to indigenize themselves. Well, proletarians are after three hundred years of becoming indigenized, and they make up these things and create these fringe ideologies and ignores they ignore indigenous scholars. And the problem is this too. I had a non-indigenous quote unquote leftist, you know, uh, say that there's not that many. Um, indigenous Marxists, like scholarly, right? And I was like, well, you know, indigenous scholars address the material conditions and the contradictions of cellular conversation. They don't have to be Marxist to address it. They're addressing it. We are we are addressing it, right? We don't have to say that like, Kim Tarver doesn't have to be a fucking communist. She's addressing fucking uh, uh, pretendianism and race shifting within the cellular context. And she, you know, like same thing with all these other uh, uh, scholars, so indigenous scholars, like we don't need to be communists for you to take us seriously or to take us into account. We are, our criticisms of cellular conversation is valid, you know, and this is what, what, what Mark- Especially, let me interrupt you for a second, especially when those people uh, wanted you to follow Bernie, wanted you to vote for Biden, not all of them, but you know what I mean? Like advocated that you vote for these you know, social Democrats and and right wing Democrats and, you know, uh, lionize FDR from a historical perspective or lionize Abraham Lincoln from a historical perspective. Like these people want you to make excuses for their people. But when it comes to your people, the, the, it's it's immediately a non-starter for them. Yeah. So the last part, I'm going to say this, you know, when when you have a group of sellers that are leftist, Marxist, whatever, and they say they don't understand decolonial theory, and you try to convince me that I'm wrong in my perspective and my critiques of seller narratives within Marxism, I'm not gonna take you seriously. And I said this in the last episode, you know, if you're a settler, I wrote this a tweet about, if you're a settler, and if you, you know, if you think decolonial theory is identity politics, and you don't understand decolonial theory, like, like whatever ideology you have in your brain is literally the dirt under my shoe, man. Like it's not even worth it for me to like acknowledge, 
you know, because we we are us three and a lot of people that are indigenous Marxists, even the indigenous anarchists are far sur surpassed this liberal fucking seller, seller nationalism that's going on right now, seller Marxist nationalism, fucking seller nationalism of fucking pat socks. They're fucking pat socks, right? So like, I'm not going to sit here and go backwards, grab your hand and to bring you my level. You got to do that shit on your own. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not doing the work for you. I can't. You know, and and then top of that, we're you know us we're us all Not of that us, when you tried to, they rejected it. Yeah, you know, or they get mad and just like, oh, we you know we disagree. It's racist. Yeah, because we we are addressing racism. Southern conversation is racism. What do you, what don't you understand? You know, and to me, it's just amazing that we have, we're we're even having these conversations because as Marxists, like the seller Marxists, like I expect you to understand our contradictions or or I do not consider you a fucking Marxist. Plain and simple. Because if you don't understand our contradictions, you're fucking liberal. Right? You're just a, you're just a, a liberal that likes has a very strong communist aesthetic. By the end of the day, you're not really a Marxist because Marxists use, you know, their, you know, a, 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 dialectics to understand contradictions, to understand people's struggles. And if you're not taking into account, the, you know, of the colonial fucking theory and, you know, indigenous and blacks uh, voices, then you can't really say you're an ally. You can't really say you're a Marxist. I'm sorry. And this is really hard for, for some people to hear, but I hope, I hope some people hear it, you know, and they, they fucking, it, it fucking wakes them the fuck up. So does anybody have any, anything to say? I know I've been kind of emotional too, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I wanted to say um, there's a quote um, by Walter, uh, Walter Rodney from Grounding with My Brothers, and it states, uh, Malcolm X, our martyred brother, became the greatest threat to white power in the USA because he began to seek a broader basis for his efforts in Africa and in Asia. He was probably the first individual who was prepared to bring the race question in the US up before the UN as an, as an issue of international importance. And what he was emphasizing basically is that what we've been talking about today uh, is what got Malcolm X killed back then is now virtually trying, they're trying to virtually kill us by speaking out the truth by understanding and, and coming up with the contradictions and, and again, knowing what other people's sovereignty looks like, what's land back look like for Comanche Nation, what does land back look like for Ohlone people, what does land back look like for the Seneca Nation. These are things that that book has been able to teach me, has been able to get in and, and, and get me to understand. Now, do I idolize these people and quote them every single day no because that would be that, that's that's not a, a a in my opinion that's not something that i'm i'm wanting to do as a communist um is quote other people that are no longer here i want people to hear my words i want people to understand what i do what i think what i know and apply that through action so that they can physically see it and that's what we have today a problem with is, is that white MLs, you know, non-Indigenous people want to take up space from, from us because they see that we are now speaking and coming up with the, again, like that quote said, 
coming up with the understandings and the basis, you know, to to combat a system that is riddled and lives on racism to be able to combat that. They're very scared of it. And I, I understand why, because, again, these are power structures that are that are being dismantled. We're, in essence, dismantling a caste system, the current caste system, and they don't they don't want that. They don't want that. They want, like how you said, they want capitalism, but with communist aesthetics. Then you take your democratic socialist ass somewhere else because that's not going to happen here. So <laughs> go, go do that in Europe where that idea came from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you made you made an interesting point um, when you were talking about sort of uh, the, the the threat of people like Du Bois and and Malcolm X. And um, one of the interesting things about Du Bois is that around the time that he was he was uh, jailed, um, there was a, a drive um, to bring charges um, against the United States for uh, uh, charges of genocide against uh, black people in the United States at that time. That was sometime after 1948. I want to say it might have been 52. Um, it was another reason why the U.S. also targeted Paul Robeson because um, he was involved in that effort as well. And of course, they never uh, they never ended up bringing those charges to to the to the UN and the Geneva Convention, um, due to the fact that the signatures that they collected were confiscated by the I believe the FBI. That's fucking. I, I have a comment to to move to move a little bit forward. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, you know, we have this. You know, I imagine when we talk. So when I started this podcast, I had a, a white comrade and I, I fucking love him, okay? And he's white. And he told me, I don't understand some of these terms, some of these theories you're talking about. And he's a fucking smart Marxist dude, right? And it made me, it made me wonder, like, fuck, like this, some of this shit's going over their heads, over, over settlers' heads. And I asked you know, a native person, which I don't even fucking talk, tolerate anymore. I asked, I asked her, like, "Hey, man, you know, I told you this," and she said, "You don't, you're not making content for, for, um, for, for settlers, white people. You're making it for native people." And I was, mm, I don't know about that because if settlers don't understand, don't understand, you know, or or liberation, or 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 what's that word? Our terms of liberation, right? Then we're we're going to have, you know, settlers are going to be an obstacle. And if, if, if settlers really want to be allies, they need to understand our terms of liberation, right? And, you know, I will say this, like for me, I'm a citizen of the Comanche Nation, one, I'm a U.S. citizen, two, and I'm a citizen of Mexico, three. It's fucking possible, right? So imagine somebody like me in a decolonial state now, right? That will be a citizen of the Comanche Nation, one, and a citizen of the decolonial state, two. Sellers will be citizens of the, of the decolonial state, you know, as, as, as a citizen, right? But, you know, they'll be able to unionize, they'll be able to have health care, proper living conditions, you know, education, blah, blah, blah. But there's some things they can't, they're going to let go of power, which is government structure. You know, they'll have representatives, you know, here and there, but they're not going to be controlling everything. They're not going to be controlling, you know, means production. They're not going to be controlling 
the, the loss that that protect the land because our, our culture our, our people are connected to the land they're not just like isaac said earlier they can just fucking they want to drill so they can have cheap fucking iphones and whatever the fuck we you know and and then some of them some of these settlers want to drill in our sacred areas and they don't understand this is a sacred site don't fucking touch it so it's up to us to create these laws in a decolonial government to, to protect our sacred sites right so they have to realize this you know, and this is this is the clonal theory. Like, we're, 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 this is how it's going to happen. This is how it's going to move. And like I said, if you don't like it, if you don't, you, you know, you can you can just leave. Go go to Europe and blah blah blah. Do your thing there. I don't know what the fuck you know. <laughs> but I think there will there will be contingencies in place uh, for these white individuals that don't want to act right. Uh, as far I think as... They, they, just like Fidel Castro, I think they should be shipped back to Europe. Yeah, you know how they had the mirror, uh, the fucking the little ships to send people to the U.S. I think if if if, if during revolution, you know, the colonial revolution, uh, and if the settlers uh, have ever participated in any white supremacy fucking organizations, they should be shipped back to Europe, right? One hundred percent. They should not be allowed to be here. That's yeah, the only let time. Them, let, let them process their own trash. This is not a recycling center. Yeah. So yeah. So. I'm not, <laughs> So it's one, it's one of those things that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tolerate it. They they can fucking deal it with themselves. Uh, we don't have to deal with it. That's the one thing, one example of me supporting shipping white people back to Europe is if they were actively participating in cellular colonial fucking white supremacy fucking uh, uh, movements, right? Fuck you. I'm sorry. You fuck. You're fucked up. You know. And but the rest can stay. I mean, they can learn from us. They can, you know. Um, make a home here, but they have to learn. They're going to have to learn to, you know, and it's not to oppress them. It's to, they have to learn to, to, you know, to live in the society that, that we are going to build. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's shaped oh, in our absolutely. image. If, if oh. you think about, <laughs> you think about when, when people from Africa or from Asia or from you know, the Arab world or from Eastern Europe end up anywhere in Western Europe, they're expected to assimilate. And they often do successfully, um, you know, over a short period of time, one to three years. Um, and I think that's a reasonable assumption that you have to operate somewhat within the, the, the cultural norms. Obviously, don't throw your own self away, but you have to uh, you have to sort of uh, not be in opposition to your own neighbors. Right, that 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 process never happened here. You know, they they came here um, because they, they were religious outcasts. You know, they were the refuse of Europe when they got here, and and told us the story about how their their great father, their kings, you know, uh, rejected them, and 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 we invited them to live among us in, in the areas that we were not using. And we taught them how to work the land and we taught them where to hunt. We taught them how to hunt because some of them had no experience doing that because in Europe there it's, it's much more difficult to hunt in a lot of places in Europe, especially Britain. There's not much in terms of, you know, edible wildlife running around in, 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 uh, in the United Kingdom. Um, so when they got here, they, they had they had nothing. They came here as dirty, smelly children. 
and we tried to we tried to get them to assimilate to our way and they took only the bare minimum of what they needed to survive long enough to take it from us and they almost almost succeeded they almost succeeded right yeah it's it's so wild it's that's a really good point like they they just learn our, our way of surviving and then just to fucking exploit it and to fucking become super aggressive toward it. it's so fucking wild yeah like and, and, uh, dude, that that's so it's so common even in other in other cultural things right you talk about um white people that that went to that, that went to an authentic ceremony right and for some reason they're just feeling real inspired by it and they go back to their hometown where there is no native people for three or four or six hours driving distance and they start doing housing cleanses and smudging and all this other sh hippie shit it's all done wrong you know like they will glom on to any opportunity they can to do what they think will better the self usually making money is usually what it boils down to but sometimes it's an identological issue because of the hollowness of uh, the, the hollowness of white identity. You know, it, it, um, they they need to uh, absorb, um, or I guess the, the proper term is appropriate, or in most most instances misappropriate things like African American vernacular English, things like um, indigenous ceremonies, things like uh, identities. Indigenous identities, you know, pretendianism, um, things like racial dolls, all that quote unquote transracialism, which is not a real thing. And I don't like using that term because being trans is real, being transracial is not. Um, you know, uh, I mean, other thing, you know, p white people who are obsessed with Japanese culture, like it's, oh, it's yeah, a very. It's a very common thing for white, you know, white people in the suburbs becoming like deeply obsessive over like, you know, hardcore gangster rap. You live in the suburbs, dude. You've never seen anything. You know, <laughs> you're not fucking Ice Cube. You're not, you're not these people. Even then, so Ice Cube grew up in a good neighborhood and a good family. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Apparently, yes, yeah. <laughs> wild. Yeah, well, you know, I think I think we we got a lot of good talking points, and you know, like I said, like I said in the other episode, and I don't know if I said it this one yet. Uh, my brain is fried right now. Uh, I'm not gonna sit here and just be like, "Oh, that fucking podcast is evil." That podcast, but I think they have racist tendencies. And I said earlier, like, you know, if you if you don't understand our critiques of racism, you have a racist bias, right? And I think that's the problem. That's also you know. racial insensitivity too. Um, when you basically like when someone points out, it's like that's what happened to me at Full Sail University was I had a professor there that decided to grade my paper, grade my dissertation um, on what I was talking about, which was a hypothesis that it was there was no direct answer. There wasn't supposed to be a correct answer. And she switched everything from an indigenous person to a white person um, and basically told me I was wrong. And I combated her on that and basically said, well, basically, you're being racially insensitive because you're you're saying, you know, that 
an indigenous person can't afford a baseball ticket, season tickets, but a middle-aged white man can, you know? Um, so it's, it was like, I, I kind of called her ass out and, you know, that was, you know, that's a long story too. I should probably have a recording about someday. Um, and I just want to say the season tickets are fucking expensive. Just yeah, well, well I, 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 I based, I based it off of the Yayamaba, <laughs> off the Yayamaba, um, San Manuel Band of Mission Indians, oh. um, their reservation, because I was working <laughs> there at the time. And um, everything that I stated, like, was factual. So, like, you know, I had proof that they bought the season tickets. I seen the proof that they bought the season tickets. I put that in my dissertation. Um so I I just found it to be funny, but yeah, like it's it's racial insensitivity at, at its best, um, you know, it, when when you're just you're very insensitive to to racial issues or to race to, to race in general, um, or to you even being a racist. Um, so yeah, just let me, I, let me comment. Let me comment on that real quick. Just I got a quick. So I, I agree. I agree with everything you're saying, but you're saying stuff like racial insensitivity that's never going to connect with them um what's oh, no what's it never the, connects I, when i when i oh, called them out and said it they they were like well that's the, i'm not a racist i'm not a racist you know and it's like it, i'm not calling you a racist i'm saying you're racially insensitive to a situation and if you keep doing this then you yeah. probably will be a racist so yeah yeah, yeah i'm undeniably going to be able to call you racist and be accurate but the the here's here's the uniting the uniting thing between all these things like what what's the common thing between racial insensitivity um transphobia uh racism um misogyny right all, all these terms these terms that that people who have no political education at all all they all they have is what what you know the cia news channel uh tells them to believe right they 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 no, the, that those these are oh that's wokeness, you know whatever other misappropriated African American vernacular English term that they're they're stealing at the moment. Um, what's the common uniting thing between all of those? Imperialism, capitalism, settler, colonialism. <laughs> all correct, but but even simpler, even simpler than that. Um... They're all wrong. Oh, see, you you threw me for a loop there. I was actually looking for, I was looking for like a very. I was like, what? (laughs) Even simpler than that, they are wrong. So when somebody's being racist, don't call them a racist because they're already going to have an inbuilt programmed reaction to that term. Whether it's positively or negatively responding to that is irrelevant. It's already inbuilt and programmed. Tell them that it's wrong. There's only one response to being told that you're wrong. Right, you either have to acknowledge it or you pitch a little baby fit. You can't That's deflect really good, from yeah. it. You yeah. can't deflect from it. You are incorrect. Okay. The reason why you are saying something that can be perceived as racist is because you are incorrect about the facts. That's simple. Yeah. Well, I think um I think we'll cover a lot and I have to, you know, make dinner for my kids soon. I think um, we cover a lot, <laughs> a lot more than I thought we were going to cover. And I really appreciate both of you guys. Yeah, and uh, conversation. Yeah, it's really good, dude. Holy shit. And um, I hope settlers, I'm not trying to pick on these people online anymore, but I think 
you know, um, I think, you know, seller Marxists need to understand all these things we put into consideration and to be our allies. Like I actually, I actually this many times, like I, th I think it's essential to work with sellers, but I think like it's frustrating, you know, it's frustrating to, um, to repeat the same shit. And I think that Twyla Baker, Dr. Twyla Baker says, says that trans, trans, was it that uh, translation exhaustion is saying the same shit over and over, having to fucking, you know, paint a picture for them and and then trying to like explain everything. It's just it's just exhausting. But you know, I, I think I, I think an interesting thing to add to that is that we go out of our way to try and make this as easy as possible for you, as long as you are not upsetting us, yeah. and you could return the favor. We would yeah. appreciate. It. Yeah. So I think, like I said, so, you know, listen to us, learn. It's just a lot of learning. I mean, I spent a long time and I've been, you know, reading this stuff. And I have, like I said, I prove out the books from when I was a teen. Like I used to buy um, online, you know, buy Marxist books online when it was the, the internet was just new or buy them at, you know, Marxist book, book fairs. And just learn now learning is so much accessible because of the internet there's like ebooks and i have the share drive and i have we have these podcasts that we i man, i wish i wish i had like this technology when i was younger i would have been so much further than further than i am right now when it comes to theory you know and but i am, I am old school like I, I like to have the physical copies because i like highlighting but i think you know now people can learn so many different ways and we gotta like, you know, there's no excuse anymore. Just learn. So um, I want to thank both of you for coming on. Does anybody have any last comments? No, just just as usual, you know, no way for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's the second time in two days I've been on. So <laughs> I know. Good start to uh to the new year for <laughs> I know. It's so wild. <laughs> So yeah, it's you know it's good. I mean, it it did feel like it was like we a week ago when last time we spoke, but it was fucking yesterday. So you know, it's it's uh, that's how much I miss you. <laughs> I, I think I, I think too because uh, you know we for the viewers that are out there, me and me and Rick have met in person, and we are going to continue to be organizing um, in in person as well. And I just think that conversation that we had. Um, was like long overdue and it kind of solidified um you know us as comrades uh just just being able to talk you know have space eat you know mm -hmm. and then and be involuntarily put in a position to cop watch oh yeah, so <laughs> yeah the cop watch there was a situation yeah and yeah, yeah, I, yeah think I, I it was good I, th I think this is what, you know, I always tell people like, we, you know, people can bicker online all day long, but, you know, in person, they don't. It doesn't happen this way, you know, and I think um, in person, like there's there's beefs, but it's never like this intense, like doxing, like you can't really dox somebody in person, right? You can't be like holding up a piece of paper with their fucking like fucking ID or something, you know. You live this in is... the fourth house on Main Street with the yeah. red door. Your dog's name is Rex. You know, I know what time you take a shower. No. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things that like only uh, this phenomenon is only online. And I think it's fucking stupid. 
So I think, so the purpose of these two episodes, because we had a lot of fucking shit going on and everybody that's a guest in the last two episodes, Plans for Non, uh, NT, Salsavi, you know, uh, Isaac, Victor, we were all like dealing with this weird white settler Marxist online. And, and you know, like I said, if it wasn't for the internet, like none of this would have happened. This, this type of shit didn't happen 20 years ago, right? I mean, there was obviously racism in, in Marxist spaces, but it wasn't like doxing and, and weird. I mean, there was pet jacking, you know, you know jacketing, whatever, and, and fucking wet fragility, but like the, the extent of, of the reach of, of you know their fucking fuckery. I mean, this is like internet. So anybody well, can now I from think, around the world it, see this shit, you know? I, th I think in those days it was less common because without the online, you know, without social media platforms, not as many people were un under this massive delusion of self-importance. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, so, I, so getting people like I'm from around the world, like I said earlier, to reading this slander, you know, and, and contacting people for slander on, on a massive scale, it's just like weird. It's just, why would you do that? Why, why is that even a sane option for you? You know, and I just, I know I'm, I'm going to die and until the day I die, I'm not going to understand internet culture. I'm not going to, you know, like I said, I, I grew up in the time before the internet, you know, and uh, it's, it's one of those things that I see it in the young people and it scares the shit out of me. And I, I, don't, I don't even know how to teach my kids like to fight against it, but I try. <laughs> that's literally the biggest hurdle I have in parenting is to teach them about uh, internet culture. But the, the reason, the way to do that is to teach them about Marxism because about commodity, not commodifying yourself. But this is a whole different episode, right? But I think, you know, we can't, internet beef is fucking dumb. So I'm going to name these, fuck internet beef, learn something. And then, you know, obviously, you know, we learned something and we learned about white supremacy, blah, 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 you know, and decolonial theory and, and fucking lose Harry Morgan. So thank you. Thank you for everybody. So yes. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, I, I'm just gonna be honest, your your start to the New Year is is you're coming out with a bang. You're the first communist podcast that has talked about Ohlone people, that's one. And then you're you're coming out with this two-part um, you know, fuck around, find out episodes is basically what it is. <laughs> um and so yeah you're 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 doing the work and i hate that people want to give you slander for it but like i said i got your back i know vic has your back everybody that's been on this podcast um in the last couple of days has your back and that was you know evident last night um so yeah let's just keep rolling out this content this good you content know, i think the goal um, the, i think the goal is to interview gerald horn this year every year i have a, a, yeah. a, 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 a goal <laughs> yeah and I think that's the one goal we have. Mine so, is Jessica. Mine is Jessica Hernandez. Oh, yeah. Arena yeah. goals. Yeah. So I think, you know, we'll see what happens. So I got some good interviews lined up. Carl's coming back. So <laughs> we have more Chinese uh, episodes coming back. So, yeah. So thank everybody. Have a, have a good night, have afternoon or morning, whatever. And just think about what your actions are online. Don't be a jerk. Bye.